Good morning, Gateway Church. We're a growing family after God's heart in our series in the Old Testament book of Nehemiah. We come to chapter 8. Included in chapter 8 is what I believe one of the top 25 verses in all of the Bible. What is number one? What's the number one verse, quoted verse, in all of the Bible? John 3.16, for God so loved the world, and you know the rest of it. It's just an outstanding verse. I think Galatians 2.20 has got to be in that list somewhere. Every Sunday, almost every Sunday when I do my mic test, you know, check, one, two, I, I quote Galatians 2.20. I don't know why I, I use that, that verse to do the sound check. I, sh- I should say I know why I use it. It's because I want the life of Christ to be shown through me because it says what? For I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But the life I live I live by faith in the Son of God who gave his life for me. I love that verse. And that's got to be in the top 25. It's in my top 25. Probably Psalm 23, right? The whole chapter, top 25. Well, the verse that I'm going to share with you today, or we're going to read, has to be in the Bible's top 25 list. It's this one. I love this verse in Nehemiah chapter 8. It's verse 12. Let's say this together, all right? This day is holy to our Lord. Let's start over. I'm asking you to, to, to just read with me, if you will. Let's read it together. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Isn't that a great verse? That's got to be on your top 25. In fact, I want to challenge you. This, this is just one of the challenges. You should come up with your own top 25. 25 verses that you have memorized, that you have hidden in your heart so that whenever you can draw upon them, you don't have to fumble for your app, Bible app, on your phone. You don't have to look to your Bible and flip through the pages, kind of old school. But it's, it's where? It's hidden in your heart. Galatians 2.20, that's hidden in my heart. Nehemiah 8.10, this day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve. Why? For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Well, let's just go through that and say, okay, I know that. I've read that. I may have even memorized it. I hear it often. But is that really true? I have good news today. I'm going to tell you exactly where you can go and find the joy that will give you strength from the inside out. Joy is going to be the destination of this message. Because I want you to leave with the joy of the Lord right here in your heart. In the first six chapters of Nehemiah, we've seen how Nehemiah led the people to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. 
And you're going to just be amazed that it's actually completed. The walls. So the wall was completed in 52 days. Got it done. The physical surrounding protective wall was done, but that didn't mean the job was complete. Here's what Nehemiah does next. There's a shift. First six chapters. Then there's this intermediate chapter, chapter seven, and then the next six chapters. First six chapters was physical. It's the actual bricks and mortar and gates. You think the job's done, the job's just started because Nehemiah then goes to work on the real project. I mean, the project that has to be completed if the joy of the Lord is going to be our strength. And it's the work that goes on inside a person's heart, on the inside. There was a famine in the land. But it wasn't a famine of physical food, but of spiritual food. They were a people in need of personal revival. Maybe that's where you find yourself today. You need a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit. Your heart is cold towards the things of the Lord. You've drifted from Jesus. Chapter 7, like I said earlier, is a transitional chapter. There's a long list of names of how the people were accounted for and organized in preparation for what was going to happen in the next six chapters. The point is, they were hungry and ready for something that would nourish their souls. And listen, they got way more than they expected. Because they got joy. They didn't even know that joy was a part of the package. Maybe you don't know that. I'm here to tell you today, joy is part of what it means to follow Jesus Christ. We we should be the most joyful people of all. And that's not, you know, you should not. That that simply doesn't work. If we say, okay, I'm just going to go out and be more joyful, it doesn't work that way. Like I said, I'm 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 going to tell you where to go to find that joy. And everyone can have it. It's part of the package. That's good news, isn't it? When I was studying this, this passage, it's like, Lord, I need that joy in my life at this time, in the season of my life that I'm walking in. Times it seemed a little bit joyless. And this came at a perfect time. And you know, the, the great thing that, that happened is that there's this resurgence of joy in my heart. They didn't know that joy was a part of 
what it meant to be revived by God. Someone had to tell them. You'll see it when you read the chapter, chapter 8. Someone had to say, hey, listen, you don't have to cry anymore. Because they were, they were weeping over their sin. Their hearts were broken before God. And that needs to happen in our lives. If you're not broken over the sin that the Lord reveals to you, and you say, hey, I'm just going to be joyful. No, 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 that's just an emotion. That's just trying to put something on. True joy comes when we're broken, truly broken before a holy God because of our sin, and we weep before the Lord. Don't just turn on the tears, but ask the Lord, Lord, give me a contriteness of heart, a brokenness over my own sin. The Holy Spirit will begin to do something in our hearts. And an overwhelming sense of his joy will well up from within. I love brokenness. I think brokenness is a message that we need to hear in the church. I think we need to come to God with our tears. But it doesn't end there. There's a time to stop crying. <laughs> Be strengthened with the joy of the Lord. The reason why they could rejoice is found in verse 12. And I'm kind of jumping ahead and then I'll go back. I'm just giving you a little context. Verse 12. Then all the people went away to eat and drink to send portions of food, and to celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. That's where the joy comes. I you to circle that verse. Where do I go and find joy? According to verse 12, it's found in the understanding of God's word. Do you want real joy, God's joy, and not some kind of counterfeit that can never meet the true longing of your heart? You can have this joy, but you must be willing to pay the price. You can't buy it with money. That's not what I'm talking about. But you got to pay the price. You got to give the time and the energy and your pursuits after God. God's joy can't be picked up on the go in the express lane of life. It doesn't work that way. You can't find joy at the drive through but only in the dine-in. That's the way it works. Don't buy the line that all you have to do He's just come to some sort of service. And that's going to somehow give you all the joy that you need and then not confront the sin in your own life. We like the drive-through. I mean, you know, 
Because we're busy. I mean, I don't think we really do. Tastes good. I mean, I, it tastes good for me. Maybe, maybe you, your taste buds are, are more, mine, mine might be fleshly, I guess. I don't know. I just, times I just like the taste. I know it is, it's not good for me. Okay, I can't live on that junk. When we really want a good meal, we don't ask the question, fast food or dine-in, do we? When I want to spend some time with Deanna and, and we want to hang out and spend an evening together, you know, it would be rude for me to say, hey, let's go to fast food. Let's just get it in a bag and, you know, go to the Twins game. I mean, the Twins game's cool, but no, it's, it's, let's go, what do you want to do? You want to go to, to McDonald's, or do you want to go to a really cool, great restaurant, steak restaurant, like Manny's, or Murray's in downtown Minneapolis, have you ever, I had a chance last Christmas, a friend of mine, he, he took us to this great steak place, never been there before, Manny's. I mean, the steak was incredible. Oh, we'd rather do fast. No, we wouldn't. We want to dine in. What's in the sack? Well, I just went up yesterday, last night, and I had to pay my daughter to go do this. I was like, Andra, or whoever, help me out. This is, this is a sermon illustration. I want to do this. Pick me up a Happy Meal. I want to be happy. <laughs> the only thing that can make me happy is the fast drive through Happy, I mean, look, the name even itself is, you know, billions of dollars made off of this. I can eat it. This afternoon, if I wanted to, here's some apples just in case. But, I mean, this was from last night, right here. All you got to do is put it in the microwave on, on low heat, and it'll be just fine. I would, I'm not afraid to eat it because it won't. I mean, it's preserved. It'll, it'll last another, I don't know, two weeks. Won't it? Anybody want some fries here? I mean, but what I really wanted more than anything else, was the toy inside. <laughs> right? Do you remember the, what the number one um, Happy Meal toy in, what? do you remember what it was? It was back in the 90s, late 90s, I think it was. It was the, the Beanie Babies. I mean, that was a craze. I mean, people were actually going into McDonald's, buying 10 Happy Meals, grabbing the Beanie Babies, right, and throwing the rest of the food away, which is probably a good thing. Guess which one I got here? Minions, right? Have you seen the movie yet? It's right here. I don't know what it does. It's got a guitar and, and 
Here, let's turn it on and see. No, you got to spin. You got to do something. <laughs> Tap. Yeah, there you go. Oh, it sings. Wow, I see I'm happy for a, a moment. That's all it does. You can't find joy in a happy meal. I know that sounds crazy. Why would you even say that? Because we try to find joy in things that can't give joy. We go from one happy meal to another happy meal through our busy lives, trying to find something that will give us joy in the only place you can find joy. Verse 12 of Nehemiah 8, is what? It's in the understanding of God's word. I'm not kidding you, it's true. That's the only place that you can find true joy that will last and last and last. I don't have to go constantly trying to find something. It's all right there. If you give yourself to the word of God, understand the word. Rejoice in the word. Obey the word. Look at verses 1 through 8 to understand the word. Let's just read it. I'll read it. You just follow along. All the people came together as as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, teacher of the law. Ezra and Nehemiah are contemporaries. Ezra came earlier, 14 years earlier than Nehemiah. And his job was to help rebuild the temple. They said, bring out the book of the law of Moses, the word. Because they were hungry, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month of the, of the month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women, and all who were able to understand. He read aloud from daybreak till noon. That's how hungry they were. That's a long time, isn't it? Face the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentive, attentively to the book of the law. They just couldn't get enough of God's word. Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Beside him, on the right, stood all these guys. I can't pronounce those guys' His names. I'm not going to try. Verse 5, Ezra opened the book. That's what he did. You got to open the book to understand the book. You got you to open the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. Because he was a short guy. No, it doesn't say that. As he opened it, and the people all stood up. Isn't that something? Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, 
And all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. So be it, Lord. Then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. First they stood up, and then they fell down. Why? Because they revered that word, the God of the word. The Levites instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there, they read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. It's important. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest, the teacher of the law, the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Isn't that something? And then verse 10. This is the context. Go and enjoy choice food, sweet drinks, and then send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve. Why? For the joy of the Lord is your strength. And where does that come? That comes first and foremost in the understanding of God's word. And how do you understand it? Well, one of the things you're doing is you're coming here. What we do is open up the, the Bible, right? Going through Nehemiah, we just we do the best we can. We open it up and we try to explain what's in the chapters because that's what's going to give you life in the end and bring forth God's joy. But this is just the beginning. This is the start of the week. If you wait until next Sunday to get back in the Word, I'm telling you right now, it's not enough. You have to find the time. Make the time. Stop the drive-through encounters with God. Two minutes here. Five minutes there. Shoot up a 30-second prayer in your busy lives. Guess what? All you're doing is moving from one happy meal to another happy meal. And in the end, there's not going to be enough of these. The only thing that's going to give you... Whoa, there he's talking. Now, Now I know how that works. The only thing that's going to give you true joy is getting in the Word. I was talking to a good friend of mine. He was sharing with me. You know what, Paul? The thing that gives me life after all these years is getting in the Word every single day. I said, hey, I've been telling you that for 20 years now. (laughs) It's like, well, it's just like this this revelation came to me. I said, all right, whatever. I'm glad. You got to have a plan to get in the Word. Do you have a plan? Guess what? If you don't have a plan, you're not going to get in the Word. Well, that's legalism. 
No, it's not legalism. Legalism is trying to attain to that which you already have. When I'm getting in the Word on a consistent basis, I can, I can get into legalism say, oh, I, I missed a day, I'm a terrible person. Lord, you won't like me because I didn't read your Bible today. Now that's legalism, trying to, you know, jack up spiritual exercises. That's legalism. But to say, God, it's important for me not to just go through life like trying to find happiness in this and that, but saying, I'm going to spend the time daily. It's not legalism, folks. I got to have that. You got to have a plan. Do you have a plan? There's a million and one resources. Our daily bread online. You can click on that. Your Bible app. You can go on there and they'll give you a plan to read through the Bible. In fact, I need a new believer's New Testament. If somebody can go out, I didn't bring it with me because I forgot. I'm going to have the usher in the Welcome Center. There's a New Testament, a new believer's New Testament. If you can find that for me real quick, somebody in a black shirt, because I need this Bible here, because it, it helped me tremendously. And it may help you. You may need a jump start today. You may say, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. Here's, here's a tool that I, that I want to make available if you want this. It's the New, New Believer's Bible. It's the New Testament. And it's just, it's a great Bible. It's got cool stuff in it in terms of questions that we ask and answers that are based on the Bible. If you're saying, I don't, I don't have a plan, well, start with this. Start reading it. I'm telling you what, as you read and give yourself to the word, you're going to have joy. Joy. You don't have time to go through all of those other scriptures. But I want to leave you with this one last thought. You can't find joy at the drive-thru, but only in the dine-in. What are you going to do this week? What choices are you going to make? I'm going to ask Joey to come. We're just going to close with with a song. As we sing this song, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit just to continue to put a hunger in your heart for the word. Please stand with me, if you will. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you now. We repent of our sin. rushing through T 
Teach us what it means to slow down. Spend time in your word to understand your word. To find joy in your word. And then to obey your word. That's what, in the end, that's, that's what they did. There was a place for application. up that hunger in our hearts again, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
from you, Jesus. Put that hunger in us in a greater way, Lord. This week, help us remember your word in Nehemiah 8 to give ourselves to your word. Remind us, Lord, God, I know you're going to release your joy in our hearts. It's going to be our strength, God. You're going to get us through some very difficult times, Lord. There's going to be an overwhelming sense of joy in our hearts, Lord, even in the midst of tears. It's all you, God. You're coming again. It seems as though the world's becoming a darker place. We want to shine bright for you. Lord, may your righteousness rise from within. Lord, may you give us a hunger for the righteousness of God. May we be shining lights for you. from you now. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Great. I'm going to have Stacy come at this time. Hi, guys. <laughs> um, I just want to say that was incredibly beautiful. Seriously, yes. I, these are the hardest transitions for me sometimes, like I'm sitting there praying, so just bear with me, all right? <laughs> if you're new here, thank you for coming. This is such a great morning to be here. Um, there's a connection card in the bulletin you were handed when you walked in today. Uh, we ask that you go ahead and fill that out, bring it over to the welcome desk, and then we will just give you a gift for saying, for coming, us saying thank you. Um, and in a minute, we're going to be collecting an offering. So I'll have my ushers come on up here. Go ahead and prepare for that as, you, as they come up. And um, there are some things that you um, see around here every Sunday morning uh, that are very obvious. Things like someone up here giving the offering and announcements. Someone up here um, performing an amazing worship set. 
um, the pastor up here uh, teaching us and greeters handing out those bulletins. And then there's some things that you don't see week in and week out and in the weekend. You don't see the worship band practicing. Well, you can probably hear them maybe if you're early enough. Um, the volunteers folding those bulletins. Um, moms and dads working and teens working in kids. All the volunteers that volunteered at CBC this weekend or this week. And then those people who are on missions right now in, in Honduras, teaching those about Jesus in their own language, teaching them things, and that might actually be even more important than what we're doing here this morning. So if you give to this, these, this place, if you give to those missions, I, I thank you. Like, we are so on point here. We are on mission. And I just give so much, so much gratitude. There's so much gratitude here. And I just want you to really pray as you're giving today that you know that that money is going to such a good thing. All right, Mark. And I'm going to pray. So, Jesus, thank you so much for mornings like this, the people in this room, um, the ability to even give a dollar to whatever, Lord. We are just grateful that we have you, and we are very, very grateful to be able to worship you. In your name, amen. Thank you, Stacy. She loves Stacy's countenance or smile, for sure. Um, by the way, if you would like one of these Bibles, I, you can just come and talk to me, all right, here at the front. I'll make sure that the ushers come and give me more. And I, I, I want to give this Bible to you, all right? If you're saying, hey, I, I don't have a plan, and, and I need a plan, I, I'd like a Bible like this. Come and grab one, all right? I'd love to give it to you and pray for you, right? It's, it says new, new Believer's Bible. You're saying, well, I've been a believer for 20 years. I don't care. I read it when I was out 25 years into the Lord, walking with the Lord, and it really helped me. And so I want, I, want to, I, want to, I want to give this to you, all right? The church does. And uh, so if you want one, come forward and uh, receive it. Before we, we end, conclude, I should say, um, I want us just to, to pray. And the prayers regarding the culture and where we're at. And, and it's like we said, it's, it seems like it's just getting darker. You know, every year it goes by, and it's like, Lord, what's happening to our, our nation? What's happening to our culture with the Supreme Court decision? And we talked about our stance and our view, Gateway Church, that we stand for marriage between one woman, one man for life. Amen? Amen. And that's, that's the stand. It's a biblical stand. We just want to make sure everyone knows we're clear on our stance. It's right in the word of God. We want to continue to stand in the graciousness and love of God. I want you to argue and debate. Don't do that. Stand for what is right, though. Stand for what is true. And then secondly, we stand for life. Stand for the unborn. And our hearts are just broken at what took place this last week. I don't know if you've seen it. 
an ad with or an interview with with someone who worked with Planned Parenthood and the discussion that was going on between two people and how the person was saying we we harvest these these organs and we sell the the organs and it was just it was so hurtful i i had to turn it off couldn't watch any more of it the flippant attitude and i just want to say we stand for life right for the unborn My hearts are broken today for those who've gone through abortion. We want to say we're with you. We love you. The Lord's healing is here for you. We stand for life. And what I'd like to do, if you're able to do this, if if it's in your heart to do this, you can. If you're not able to do it, you don't have to do this. But I'd like for us at this time to kneel before the Lord. And that's what they did often in the scriptures. When, when there was sin that needed to be, to be confessed, they confessed that sin. And it was Nehemiah and the prophets who, who said, we have sinned. And they just didn't point their finger at people. They identified. And so, Lord, we, we kneel at the foot of the cross today, God. broken people before you God I was quoted, Second Chronicles. My people who are called by my name will hum- humble themselves, seek my face, repent, turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven, forgive them of their sins. And God, we repent. We ask that you would be gracious. Help us stand in truth and love, God, not to be vindictive. Spirit of Christ. Lord, what we ask for is a spiritual revival to come to the church of America. We need revival. We need revival in our hearts, God. Lord, what our nation needs It's a great awakening. Like an awakening of old when the Holy Spirit sovereignly sovereignly moved across the nation. That's what we ask for, God. Use us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.